thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to The Inspired Optimist with your host, Dr. Jacinta DiPrinzio, inspiring you to create a life that is healthy, bright, and full of light. Hi, guys, and welcome to this week's episode of The Inspired Optimist podcast. I am your host, Jacinta. Today, I invite the beautiful Sarah Ellen, colon hydrotherapist and owner of Havana Wellness to the show. Listen up as we discuss all things poop, colon health and colonics. So sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Hi guys, this is Jacinta, the Inspired Optimist. And today I'm sitting with a great friend of mine, Sarah Ellen from Havana Wellness. Hi Sarah. Hello, thanks for having me. Pleasure, pleasure. Um, First question for you, what is your definition of happiness? Happiness for me is, I've learned, it's about being able to be present in the moment and just enjoy what it is that I'm doing, what it is that I'm feeling, allow myself to feel yeah, I think happiness for me is about being in the moment. Yeah, awesome. Love that. Um, same. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we have a very hot topic, a little bit controversial, a little bit dirty. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk all about poo today. Mm. Yeah, because um, lovely Sarah is a colonic colon hydrotherapist um, at Havana Wellness. And um, I guess I would love to know, um, I suppose it's not something that you grow up thinking, oh, I just want to look at people's poo when I'm older. So I would love to know how you actually fell into this. Okay. Well, I've been into health and wellness for a while. And, you know, eight, eight years ago, I went to see Don Tolman talk. And then I started to see Tyler Tolman talk. And I started taking on some of the things that they were about. And then started looking more into digestion and what was actually going on with the colon and researched colonics that came up. And I thought, you know what, this would be something really interesting to study. So I got into studying it and I thought, I should probably try it. (laughs) And so every, it was pretty much like every Tuesday, I'd go to like a different colon hydrotherapist (laughs) around Perth and just test out what it was like. And I remember being really quite well, I was brave at first, but when it came down to it, I was actually a bit nervous about, I don't know, burying my bits and what was going to happen and all those things. And I, and so I have complete empathy when people come to me now, but I definitely got into it because it just fascinated me, the, the gut brain connection as well, and understanding more about how we do eat a lot of preservatives. We do eat a lot of fake foods and, you know, I've had my fair share of Maccas and all those sorts of things. So it's like, well, I wonder if that stuff sticks around. So going through the course just gave me such education and it linked in with my NLP background. And that's when I just went, wow, I'm onto something amazing because it's not just about the physical, it's about the emotional and the psychological stuff that happens within us. So, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> um, for those of the, for those um, listeners who don't know, what, what is actually colonic hydrotherapy? Well, the definition is pretty much um, the hydration of the colon. So what we're doing is we're introducing a very gentle, gentle water flow to go through, I guess, well, starting from the, the anus and then up into just the large intestine. It doesn't go any further than that. A lot of people are concerned. They think it goes to their small intestine or maybe their stomach or something, but no, no, no. It's just the the large intestine. Um, There's no way it can go further than that. And we'd be lucky to sort of get the first, 
I don't know, a few inches sometimes of the colon uh, cleansed, you know, or soaked because there's so much going on in there and there's usually a lot of really compacted, dehydrated mass um, and feces, etc. And that, I guess, the de- back to the definition, it's pretty much um, hydration of the colon and the body does the rest. Yeah. yeah. So why is it important um, for someone to have a clean colon? Okay, well, I guess it's it comes down to a lot of things. Like we're holding on to stuff that isn't serving us in our body, you know, and I feel like um, people just don't understand how much the colon actually holds. It stretches and moves to hold on to the mass that we're putting into it. And a lot of the time we're overeating, like we eat because – we think we're hungry. We, we maybe even feel the rumble in our tummy, but it's not actually about that. It's, it's more that our body is usually dehydrated. So we're often eating when we're thirsty. And then what happens is the body is taking on a lot of this, you know, mass and it's then, you know, the stuff we're eating is feeding certain bacterias in our guts that are not doing great things for us. And it stays. People don't realize it actually stays in the colon. There's pockets of the colon that are supposed to move with peristaltic movement. And it's often not. Like most of my clients, their body's pretty much frozen or it's sort of shut down to a certain degree. So the importance comes down to nutrition absorption. You know, like it, it comes down to the body actually flowing. Anything that's not flowing in the body because we're made of tubes, if we're not flowing we have pain or we have disease, we have issues, you know? So, so many people have, you know, bowel cancer or bowel issues, IBS, all these other things going on. And it's not even something that's really spoken about much, but often it's, it's all beginning there. In fact, they say all disease begins in the gut. So for me, I think the most important reason to have a clean colon is that you want to function. You want it to be nice and pink and moving and flowing and do it because all disease begins in the colon, you know, do it because you want to have the right gut bacteria, but also you've got to back it up with what you're eating too. Sorry to say. Can't just Damn, be- I know <laughs> you can't just clean your colon and then keep filling it with shit, yeah. right? Yeah. That's it. Yep. So sorry. So uh, can we just talk a little bit more about, you touched on some, I suppose, symptoms that people could be experiencing that have um, an, an impact of colon or a full colon or a colon that's not working properly. Mm-hmm. What are some of the symptoms, um, some other symptoms that people can be alerted to, to say, okay, well, maybe I need to have a look at this. To be honest, the biggest thing that I come across is people wake up and they just don't want to get up out of bed. Like they're just lacking that energy. They've just it's gone and they don't even, they they sort of say to me, I don't know when this started. It seems to be something that happens slowly, slowly. And then all of a sudden they're just exhausted and they they don't have the energy they used to have. And then it comes to maybe three o'clock in the afternoon after they've, you know, had their coffees and everything else. And they're like, Oh, the exhaustion sort of comes yeah, in waves. And they're going to not feel the way that they should be. If you have a clean colon, you generally, eating better as well and you have more energy so the energy levels is the first thing people have headaches too um that's a big big deal and you know lower back pain is a big thing i noticed why 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 is that do you think that people are getting headaches and lower back pain well i believe the headaches are about dehydration okay and i also believe the compacted colon or you know an overly full colon that's not moving properly it's a lot to do with dehydration Mm -hmm. so 
from my understanding, you know, like the brain actually needs two liters of water a day. And people go, oh, you know, I'm drinking a lot of water. And I'm like, how much are you drinking? Oh, I know, liter and a half, two liters. I'm like, well, that might be just enough for your brain. But what's actually happening is your brain is not going to let your colon release. So people aren't going to the toilet. So I notice straight away on the paperwork that they're filling out when they come in, when we start learning about them, is they're not going for every meal. They're not even going every day. And some people are not even going enough per week. They might be going once a week. Oh, I hear that sometimes. That makes me cringe. Well, 21 meals you know, a week we're eating plus snacks. And then what? You- you're going once a week? Like that's 20 meals <laughs> in the gut. Like that's not a great thing. But I do think, yeah, dehydration is a big thing. Um, the, the colon isn't going to release because it needs to squeeze moisture from the waste in the colon to refeed the brain that moisture, I guess. Mm. So if we get that under control, get the right amount of water in the body, and obviously we can help speed that up by hydrating the colon as well as asking our clients to sort of consider drinking more water, which is Shot gen- Well, I know, right? It's like one liter per 22 kgs. And people are like, oh my gosh, I'll be paying all the time. It's like, yeah, but you become like a, a, I don't know, like a sick plant. You know, you feed that plant and you give it a bit of water and it sort of goes all the way through it for a while. And then eventually it starts to absorb and it starts to nourish and grow and, you know, be healthier. We're kind of like that too. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. Can you take me through um, someone, say, say, I'm sure there's plenty of listeners that are sort of thinking about, well, maybe I'm going to delve into this, but I'm a little bit apprehensive. I don't really know what to expect. And they might be a little bit nervous. Can you take us through the process of what actually happens? Okay. Well, firstly, not all colonics are the same. Okay, so I, I brought up before the fact that I, I'm into NLP, so neurolinguistic programming. So I understand a little bit about the, how the brain works, and I believe that what I've created at Havana Wellness is a holistic colonic. It's quite different to just the physical going to see someone with a health science background, where they're putting water, you know, into your body to you know allow your body to sort of absorb that and release what it needs to. It's so much more than the physical, you know, so there are places you can go and you can jump on like a bed type plastic bed thing and you can do it yourself. You know, you can pretty much just, you're there on your own. No one's in the room with you. That may work for some people, but for me and what I understand about the emotional connection um, that we have, you know, with our whole digestive system, I think you do need someone in there that's going to be able to guide you through the process. So we work with a closed system, what they call a closed system. And, um, there are other systems, open systems, and other people that have closed systems that just have different techniques. But what you can expect at Havana, for example, because I can only really speak of that, is that we firstly go through your information. We learn about you to see if there are any contraindications to going ahead because we don't want to be um, working with people that maybe have, you know, active hemorrhoids or, you know, they're on steroids or, you know, anything that's going to be that little bit more of of a risk because it is a very gentle process and i've got to be honest there aren't many people that i would say no to when it comes to colonics like it's very very rare that there'd be a reason why we couldn't sort of go ahead or we have to pause it until they've i don't know stopped steroids or something like this 
But the process is very much getting to know the client and getting to know their goals because we really need to understand their why. If they don't know their why, then what are they doing there? You know, it can't just be, oh, I want to lose weight or, you know, I've I've heard I can, you know, release waste and I'm going to look skinnier or, you know, no, I don't want to work with people like that anyway. I want to understand that people know that they can make some remarkable changes to their health by cleansing. And um, so, yes, we get to know them first. Then the actual physical process is very much like you go to the toilet first. There's a toilet actually in the room. And um, so you empty your bladder because the massage component is really important. And we're going to massage and we want to make sure you don't have a full bladder while we're massaging. So are you massaging our colon or somewhere else? <laughs> so when we <laughs> What are you massa- actually massaging? Look, it's not that kinky. Don't get too excited. <laughs> it's very much just um, an abdomen massage, like right. it's a stomach massage. So we're going to be working with the the whole, I guess, middle part of your body. We, we often will... Um, you know, use techniques to sort of go behind the body to assist, you know, near where the kidneys are and, you know, where your liver is and things like that to be able to sort of just stimulate circulation and things like that. Um, but it's very much just assisting on the stomach area. Okay. So yeah, don't get it twisted. Um, so yes, you, you go to the toilet and, um, then you will strip off from your waist down. If you're wearing a top, it's fine. You can just keep that on. We ask that you, you know, grab a towel, you jump up on the, it's like a massage table. So you jump up on the massage table and you put the towel over the top of you. Um, so you're all covered. It's, you know, quite discreet. You know, we're not looking at bits. It's very much, you know, just chill. And we then will do an insertion of a, a small speculum that actually, well, it looks a bit bigger than what we probably, you know, liked when we're doing this sort of stuff. But yeah, a small speculum that is then um, inserted extremely gently. So it doesn't hurt. No way. No, if it hurts, you're doing it all wrong. You're in the wrong place, you know, like you're in the wrong center. So yeah, it doesn't hurt. It's very, very gentle. It's only going in, um, you know, an inch or so. Like it's really not a lot. It just, we need the second sphincter to be able to hold on to that um, plastic to keep it in place. Then, you know, so we insert that while you're on your side and then you just roll back onto your back. And to be fair, it's like nothing ever happened. You just happen to be connected to a tube that is then connected to the machine that allows some water to gently flow in through quite a small tube. Like it's really not on a high flow. You're not like talking about fireman's hose here. You know, you don't have to get too worried about that. It's so, so gentle. And that's what the body needs. Like we're just there to assist the body to hydrate enough to be able to release what it needs to at its own pace. We can't force it. It's not something that anyone has control over, but you, your body and your mind. Then once that's happening, we're massaging and to be fair, most of first-time clients on their first session, they may not release anything at all because their body is just dehydrated and it is soaking up the water. It's having a drink for like 25, 30 minutes <laughs> and the body's not ready to really release. Once you then, you know, f- we finish the session, it is, you know, we turn off the water flow, obviously. We've, we've tried to do a bit of massage. We've worked through the process. Um, well, we've not tried to do massage. We've done some massage. And then it's time to, you know, remove the speculum. But that's when you jump off the bed and go to the toilet, shut the door, have your private time to release what you need to release because there will be water inside you and gravity is going to take over and you're going to need to release that. 
So the first session, sometimes it is just releasing in the toilet, but you're not going to need to worry about running to the toilet all day. It's generally just one of those things that you'll release in the toilet and then you're good to go after a few minutes. (laughs) This episode of the Inspired Optimist podcast will continue very soon. If you're enjoying this information and you feel like one of your loved ones would benefit from it, make sure you share it with them. And of course, give me a five-star rating on iTunes. It's now time for the rest of the show. Sit back as I discuss with Sarah more about colonics and colon health. So what can you expect that it actually feels like when the water's coming in? Does someone, do you get cramping? Um, I've heard, well, from my experience, it feels a little bit like um, I need to pass wind, but then like <laughs> yeah. it just comes out of the hose. Yeah. So, yeah. so in your experience and, and what you've heard other people say, what does it feel like? Well, for me, I was quite surprised when I had my first sort of session because it once you're connected, you kind of feel like it's going to be more intense than what it is. Like there's just that water flowing in, but you hardly feel it at all. Um, however, once you get further into a session, you're going to, you know, have more hydration. Things are going to want to release. And to, to be honest, um, it's a bit controversial for me to mention this because a lot of people don't agree or believe in this, but Personally, I've seen parasites, a lot of parasites, and a lot of people, if not most people, have parasites. You know, there's worms that I've, I've seen of, of different types, and, you know, there's also what I would call an overgrowth of a certain bacteria called candida. And when these things are releasing, because there are actually in unhealthy colons, there are pockets of gas, and I don't think all of us have the perfect colon or the perfectly healthy colon at all times. You know, we need to reverse some of that damage that we maybe have done and you know there will be pockets of gas that have maybe been there for quite some time and you know encapsulated maybe Um, and this is just my speculation of what I feel is happening because I just see so many people with the same things that you're talking about where you know the gas is coming through and sometimes it's uncomfortable you know like just as sometimes you really need to do a big poo or you need to do a you know big fart or whatever like it can be a bit uncomfortable until it actually happens so we're sort of um with the water allowing the body to kind of do what it needs to do and if it needs to release stuff that um isn't really serving it anymore it's got to do that and it doesn't always feel uncomfortable it doesn't always feel comfortable but i think it's, it's definitely not something that's unbearable it's definitely not something that's painful it can just be a little bit uncomfortable just like when you're trying to release a big poo on the toilet at home absolutely <laughs> we've all been there yeah we've all been there. No. yeah um you mentioned that it's controversial to say that parasites and things can come out why is that why is it controversial Well, i'm not a doctor so i'm not um qualified as such in to diagnose and sort of say look this is what it is that's coming out of you you know you need to sort of go um take a sample to a lab get it checked all that sort of stuff but you know with the amount of people that I've seen in colonics I just have seen so much of the same thing and it's hard to not notice when worms come out yeah of course, so I'm you, you can literally see it in yeah, the tube. yeah. Well, and a lot of the time like people think oh you know all I'm going to see is all my poo come out but as I said before on your first session sometimes it's just water in water out water in water out and we don't with holistic colonics we don't just fill people up um, as much as we can with water and then sort of stop the water flow to, to keep filling them up until 
you know, the colon is, is, has got as much water in it as it can take and then release the water so that then your body can release what it needs to. That's the process that actually I was trained in initially. And that's the process that colon hydrotherapists use. We don't do that. We actually just allow the water to flow in naturally the way that it does. And we assist with massage for the body to release what it needs to release for the body to remember what it needs to do to release what it needs to release instead of locking it down and keeping it inside. So. Yeah. Great. And I've heard um, some people mention things like, well, if you have gut issues, aren't you actually clearing away the good bacteria as well? So what are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are there's good and bad bacteria that's required in the gut. And the gut, you know, it encompasses, you know, your stomach, your small intestine, your large intestine. Now with colonics, we're working with a large intestine and it's not a small space. Like it is as long as you are tall. However, the small intestine is so much, so much longer. And you're going to, I think when you're working with a colon, you're assisting the body to release waste that's basically been waiting to go and we've shut it down for whatever reasons um with what we're eating or you know what we're emotionally holding on to which sounds a bit weird but when you get a colonic you start noticing you know what's going on with your emotions and how they're connected to your digestive system but my thoughts in regards to good and bad bacteria is that um or flushing out all the good bacteria in a colonic is your body is releasing what it needs to release. And we always recommend to eat better. You know, like if you want to feed the four top bacterias in your in your gut that are going to make you feel the best, then you make sure you're introducing the right kind of bacterias and you make sure you're feeding the right kind of bacterias. And those bacteria, they, they thrive on actually fruit and vegetables, um, believe it or not. So if you're feeding a lot of um, yourself a lot of fruit and veg, you're going to be um, making sure that your probiotics are fed well you have like beetroot kvass which is what we have in the center um really good quality um probiotics like that that are whole foods not tablets and then you're introducing these good bacteria to the you know to the mouth to the to the stomach to the small intestine it's all going into um into your system and then you're feeding it prebiotics by eating the right kind of fruit and veg so my thoughts are Focus on what you're feeding your mouth <laughs> and hydrate what the body has been holding on to for way too long. The colon stretches wider and wider. Let the stuff come out. The sides of the colon are full. Your waste that you're you know, creating from the food that you're eating is going through the middle and the sides of your colon are still full from goodness knows when. And you can tell that by the shape of it when it actually comes out. And it's, it's interesting that you say that, and I can attest to that because being a chiropractor, I see many people's x-rays mm-hmm. and we work together a lot because I send a lot of people to you yeah. when I physically can see the amount of fecal matter that is inside their bodies through their x-ray. It's extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no wonder they come in with things like, you know, all over body inflammation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. But can you talk a little bit more about what we can be doing? Say, say I've just had, um, a, a session and that day I need to do some self care things. What, what are some mm-hmm. things that I need to do straight after? Okay. So again, I harp on about what we should be eating and it's definitely more fruit and vegetables, uh, of course. And drinking more water. If you're leaving a session, you want to be, it's a funny feeling like you just don't want to put the same rubbish into your mouth as well. Like when you're, you know, you, I always say to people, look, while you're working with us, 
try to do the best you can to stop blocking the colon. Like meat, it's in your body for what, seven or eight days. It takes a lot of acid to break it down. Maybe just stop having meat while you're having colonics at least and allow the body to flow because you don't want to keep blocking up the colon. Dairy, same sort of thing. It creates a lot of mucus and inflammation in the body. And me personally, um, six months of colonics, it took for me to stop seeing mucus strings coming out of my body that were blocking what I believe is my nutrition and from getting through and from my body from flowing. So I always say no meat, no dairy, and no yeast. Baker's yeast is something that very much feeds um, candida. And there, yeah, you don't want to be introducing, I mean, nutritional yeast is a completely different thing, but you don't want to be introducing a lot of yeast because you're trying to rebalance the gut. And we have, we often eat a lot of things that feed candida and candida is necessary for the gut. But if you have an overgrowth of it, you're going to have, you know, yeast issues, yeast infections, you're going to have, you know, brain fog and, you know, lack of energy and those sorts of things. So we want to help people to rebalance and just get their gut garden the way that it should be for optimum best feelings, feeling great, all that sort of stuff. So what I recommend is no meat, no dairy, no yeast during the time, at least while you're having colonics. Um, it's something that I avoid full time because I just don't want to rebuild any of that stuff in my gut. And I feel like I'm in a good place. Um, but after your session, you know, having a good vegetable soup, for example, would be great because it's nice and easier on the, on the body, easy to digest, got a lot of nutrition. I recommend it, you know, even if it's a gut broth, I've got a couple of recipes I like to share, you know, to get people getting the right nutrition in through that. Um, but just taking it easy and not having something too stodgy. Rice takes uh, a lot of moisture from the body and can block you up. So um, if you are having some of that, then really have a limited amount, you know, sort of say have maybe a quarter of rice and then three quarters, you know, veggie, stir fry, whatever it is that you're doing. Uh, fruit, veg, gut broth, veggie soup, things like that. Great. And can you um, give us some examples of what foods have yeast in them? Bread. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? And I love bread, but I have found some really amazing breads that um, have the uh, the original culture, like it's got the sourdough culture and it, they don't actually add baker's yeast to it. So if you ask the right questions or if you just find the right you know, bread, then that's always good. I always have something like that good to go in my freezer for when I'm craving. Mm. So I just stick to the, the natural uh, sourdough culture, other things. Um, believe it or not, there are some stock cubes. You know, I was doing so well trying to cut out all these things and doing, I even tried the anti candida diet, um, which was really difficult. And now I realize it was really big waste of time. However, me looking at what I was eating was really important. And I noticed that there was like a Massel stock cube I was using, mm-hmm. which I completely loved tastes delicious however full of yeast and same for some crackers and biscuits like some of my favorite um crackers have yeast in them damn damn i know i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) Um, i i know that um i definitely recommend people to get colonics when they're detoxing Mm -hmm. yeah or if they're on a detox protocol Mm -hmm. or if they're fasting can you tell us a little bit about why that is important 
Okay, so firstly, especially if you're fasting, you're going to feel really hungry in the first three days sometimes, and it can be it can be tough. So the reason why you're feeling that way is the body is still actually processing stuff in the colon. It's actually still working, and you want to be able to get it to a point where fasting the whole idea behind it is as you know just giving your digestive system a bit of a break so you want to be able to feed it nutrition through those beautiful fresh enzymes in juice etc to uh just go straight in you know and if you're doing water fasting different story but you know you want it to be possibly supervised and that's the sort of stuff that you know this is a whole other podcast i know controversial i know right so okay so let's say you're fasting let's get back to that so you're fasting you want to make sure that your colon it just removes the the remnants of what's kind of left in there so and that can take time like i've i've heard of people i don't know this sounds crazy as well but day 37 of like a water fast and then they're just releasing this crazy amount of black mucoid plaque nastiness and it's they, they just hadn't gone to the toilet throughout you know some of that time so fasting and colonics just go completely hand in hand and it changes you, the way you feel it really does and i say to people you can't come for constant you know not constant but like fairly regular colonics during your fast um, either daily or every couple of days, etc. You really do need to be doing other things like maybe enemas and stuff because you've got to keep things moving. And you can get so grumpy when you're fasting. Oh, yes, you can. So it's like if you go and get a colonic, you just feel like a completely different person. Like it just frees you up in your brain. It's a very strange um, thing to say, but I guess it's something you need to try for yourself. Yeah, well, if you're full of shit, then you have shit for brains too, right? Yeah, well, it feels <laughs> awful. Yes. Um, so we're pretty much out of time, but where can, um, if if people want to learn a little bit about, uh, more about what you do or want to find you, where can they find you? Well, we're on Instagram and, and, and Facebook, and you can go to our website, which is havanawellness.com.au. And, uh, you know, you can yeah find us in any of the social media, media channels that way. Yeah. Fantastic. And um, you will also be joining um, me at the practice yes. at Open Space yes. um, for our low tox living workshop, which is on the 8th of February, isn't it? Yep. I hope so. <laughs> Pretty sure. I thought it was the 7th, but it is the 8th. So um, Sarah will be coming and sharing her knowledge as well in that workshop. So if anyone's interested in that, I will also put that in the show notes too so that you can get tickets um thank you so much for being here it's been a pleasure thanks for the chat we could have gone forever i know (laughs) this is jacinta the inspired optimist bye for now this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch subscribe to each show on itunes and check us out on twitter the wellness couch streaming wellness into your lives Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.